Everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on the Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yes, sir. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. 
What's up, dude? Dude, that's yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger. Genie speaking. I'm not that broke, Vinny. Oh, here we go. This is gonna be your new thing at the beginning of every show. Yep. Okay. Just, yep. just checking. I'm just curious if that's, that's gonna be the new thing. That's what I'm gonna do or uh, do Boston Nova. I think. Oh, here we go from Keenan and Cal. I think they ran it like that. Instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's better than Boston Nova. Boston Nova. Yeah, it didn't work. It, it, we gave it a shot. It didn't work. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we are here for NXT, and uh, we kick things off with an in-ring segment with Ilya Dragunov, who uh, comes out looking very spiffy. Uh, Dragunov said the last time he was here, he defeated an unbeatable monster to become champion. Dragunov has returned to repeat his destiny. Again, he will defeat an unbeatable monster. This time, that monster's name isn't Gunter. It's Braun Breaker. J.D. McDonough interrupts and claims Dragunov followed him to America and has no claim to a shot at the NXT Championship. Braun Breaker walks to the ring and says his math is always right. And his math says McDonough now has a 33 and three-quarter chance at winning. And Breaker wants a triple threat match. Um, great promo from this Ija. I can't say his name, Ija. Uh, I always liked him. And then he was saying this and that, yeah, I'm back. I beat, uh, you already know who he beat. And that badass match was going to turn. DD came out there whining and bitching and moaning. And then Braun Baker comes out. So for the looks of it, and much as Vinny and I is upset about this, we're going to have to see a triple threat match, a Halloween Havoc for the, uh, for the world title. Which means, guys, that Braun Breaker does not have to get pinned or submitted to lose, which is bullshit. Well, yeah. I mean, unless this is the way they plan on having Braun Breaker drop the title, then I I don't think of any other reason why they would have a triple threat. I mean, because if Breaker does lose this match, that means there's a very strong chance he's on his way to the main roster. And, of course, the uh, billion-dollar question is, is he ready? And, more importantly, is NXT ready to lose Braun Breaker? Do we have somebody that can come in and take over that spot. And the way I see a lot of these guys getting built up, I think someone could take that spot relatively quickly. And that's not anything, I'm not saying anything bad about Braun Breaker. I love Braun Breaker. I'm just saying that's how good the rest of the roster is. I think if Braun Breaker was to get called up, I think NXT would be okay in that regard. Um, it's just a matter of wondering whether or not they want to take him to the main roster. Because if he's because if because if he wants to get called up, but you want him to look strong, a triple threat is the best way to do it. Especially since Dragonoff and JD seem to have a lot of history between them. Apparently, uh, he got JD. They had a match where apparently JD lost, and he was banished from NXT UK. And got sent to the States. And then apparently he said he put Dragunov on the shelf. And that's where he's been sitting. On the sidelines. And, you know, of course, uh, Braun Breaker breaking out the Steiner math. Anytime you hear 33 and a third or 33 and a three-quarter chance or whatever, it's that's that's him copying the Scott Steiner, Steiner math promo that's still infamous even to this day in wrestling. And as much as I like hearing Breaker do that from time to time, I'm starting to get worried about him that I feel like he's becoming too much like the Steiners and not really having his own identity. Oh, I think okay. they're going I think it's going too far to that side. At first it wasn't that big a deal because he wasn't really doing much. But now he's using a lot of his dad's moves and his uncle's moves. And it's fun to see once in a while, but you don't want that to be your whole move set. And that's the thing I'm worried about is, is he going to become a Steiner clone or is he going to become his own person? Because I don't want a Charlotte repeat. And, and by that, I mean copying and mimicking exactly what 
your father or your uncle did. So obviously, Braun Breaker's a great athlete, and obviously his family influence ha- is not what got him to where he is. Because up until recently, the Steiners weren't exactly on excellent terms with WWE. So not like that's what got him to the dance. You know, even though eventually, obviously, with the Steiner brothers in the Hall of Fame and them doing a few, I think they did like a table for three with the Steiners and, you know, with Rick, Scott, and Braun having a conversation. So obviously, Scott Steiner has said in interviews that him and Triple H have buried the hatchet and made peace. You know, they, they're they adults now. They're not holding on to petty shit anymore. You know, so obviously they're on good terms now, but they haven't always been on good terms. So it's not like having a Steiner last name gives you automatic, like, influence, like the last name Flair, for example. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't, so yeah, so I'm not, so obviously I'm not saying Braun Breaker is spoiled at all. He is an amazing athlete, he is incredibly talented, and is definitely deserving of the spot that he's in. I'm not denying that. But what I don't want to see is him being too much like Rick or too much like Scott. Because then if he doesn't have his own identity, he's going to end up in the same boat that Charlotte is where all they see is a clone of the past and you have no originality. And I want Braun to have some originality in him. I want to know more of who Braun is and less about his family. Because obviously you had to bring the family up to establish something. But now at some point, you got to be like, okay, here's Rick Steiner's legacy. Here's Scott Steiner's legacy. Here's the Steiner brother legacy. Well, now I want my own legacy. I want to bridge, blaze my own trail. I want to be, I want to bring honor to the Steiner name, but I want to do it on my terms. And that's what I want to see from Braun Breaker. So I'm hoping that he's going to transition more into being more of himself and not just doing the moves that his bro- that his father and his uncle did. Have your own move set and establish your own identity while you represent your family. Because if you can do that, then it doesn't really matter what your last name is or where you came from. But if you're too much like the other person... Or like too much like your father, too much like your uncle, you're never going to get fully over because they're always going to compare you to the original. And you don't want that. So that's my only worry about Braun Breaker. That being said, back to what you said before about Dragunov. I've seen this guy wrestle. I've never heard him speak. I want a microphone in his hand every goddamn week. I have never He's seen... Over. He is the most well-spoken wrestler on the NXT roster. It's like... It's like a more aggressive William Regal. And I'm not just saying that because he has a British accent. I'm saying because he uses different, he uses the words, the, the choice of words that he has. The way he tells a story, the way he paints the picture. William Regal used to do that, you know? And, you know, they, they say like, you know, they, you know, instead of having to use profanity, they, they just say things in a proper British way. Like instead of saying, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to battle you and give you a proper thrashing, that kind of shit. Like, I like that stuff, you know? It, it shows originality. It's so amazing. And, of course, JD, he's just malicious in his own way. Like, you can tell these guys have a personal rivalry because you don't see JD get angry like that. Like, before, he's always been, like, the way he describes and breaks down how he can twist and bend and break a bone. He was always so calm. But these guys, they have a lot of history. This is the first time I've seen JD with a look on his face like, motherfucker, what are you doing here? It was good. This was a great opening segment because everyone delivered well. And they did. It got to the point where when Breaker, when Braun said, let's have a triple threat match. Damn it. I wanted to see the triple threat match. And I don't even like triple threat matches. I I don't like them, but this got me excited. I God help me. I'm actually excited for a triple threat match. It's a, 
It's fucking miracle. Wow, this is just as bad as you saying you enjoy pineapple on a pizza. That will never fucking happen. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Fuck you. <laughs> fucking start with me. I dealt with enough shit already. Let's start this shit. Not today. So, we cut backstage, and we see Briggs and Jensen are already brawling backstage with Gallus. Uh, why? Oh, just to build up. I guess just to build up the match tonight. Yeah, we're gonna build. Yeah, we're gonna build up a brawl with a brawl. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Let's get ready for the physicality by issuing physicality. Cause fuck it. Sorry, you were saying. No, nothing. Go ahead. Alright. So then we cut to the backstage area where Mandy Rose talks about being the baddest bitch in the building and not being scared of Alba. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety schmackety. Then we move on to our first official match of the yeah. evening. Mandy <clears throat> Rose with Toxic Attraction. I think this is, is this for the women's title? They didn't say. They say? No. Okay, no. so it's a non-title match. Mandy Rose with Toxic Attraction versus Fallon Henley. Uh, you call this a match? I mean, it was I a mean, good opening match. Yeah, I've met Fanny Hanley put up a good fight, and I do like her. I just, I think she's just maybe some sort of a jobber, really. Maybe they could have gone a little bit longer or something like that, because here should hopefully Fanny Hanley can get a title shot. But otherwise, than that, it just this match basically showed uh, uh, Mandy Rose's diamondness, and she got to kiss the rose. One, two, three. Yeah, it, it was just there. But like I like to say, filler. Yeah, it was filler. It, it wasn't a squash, but it was basically just it was a TV. It was a, it was TV filler. This was basically Mandy Rose has to look good before she cuts a promo on Alba because that's the direction this feud is going. We're fixing to have this match between these two. And so after that match, Mandy Rose grabs the mic, craps all over Alba Fire. And that's how you know Fallon Henley's a jobber. If after they win a match, they grab a microphone or cutting a promo, that's how you know somebody's a jobber because it's like, okay, you're not even worth watching go to the back. We're just going to pick up a microphone and just move on from you. And she, Fire then appears on the Tron and says she isn't much for words. She's more of a visual person. She holds up her bat. And it's on fire. She lights the ground, and the fire and the fire spells out hashtag end new. Okay, uh, good promo from Alba Fire. I think she's a great competitor. My promise is when she talks. What you don't like her promos? I love her promos. I just don't like when she talks. You don't like her voice, is what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, much. well, that's what happens when you listen to people from the UK. Some of them have some of their accents don't transition well. But and this is coming from a guy who's half Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. So, I mean, I, here's the thing about all this. As excited as I am, as cool as all this looks, I have a hard. It's one of those things where I have a hard time getting behind this. Like, I don't really give a shit, and I'm going to tell you why I don't give a shit. Because I have a very strong feeling Mandy Rose is going to retain. And if she's going to retain, why even build the, why even do this? Because you, you, the, because this, you know, there's that old saying, like, you know, we got to tease them to please them. Well, there's some people who have that mentality, and they make the fatal mistake of doing too much teasing and not enough pleasing. And, you know, if you're doing too much teasing, eventually the person's going to go, all right, this is fucking stupid. You ain't, we ain't doing nothing. I'm, I'm getting out of here. It's going to happen eventually. Like, it's, so it's hard for me to get excited for this match because I got a weird feeling that they're doing this just to pull a rug out from under us. Under us. I'm expecting, I'm going to walk into Halloween Havoc, invested for this match, and then once again they throw us the okie doke. The okie doke. I, I ain't falling for it. Don't get your hopes up for Mandy Rose losing the title. Exactly. I don't think it's going to happen. So, if she loses it, yay! If she, if she retains it, oh boy. Ooh. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, and for once, I'm not even mad. It's not even in the fact that I hate Mandy Rose because I don't anymore. It's just her title reign is stale. I, I, I'm bored. I'm, bo- I'm bored with it. So, you know, I, you, you can't get me emotionally excited for a Mandy Rose women's title match. You just can't. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to be excited till I see the, till I see, until I see her pinned to the mat, one, two, three, and Alba Fires holding up the title. Anything you do before that is just meh. Till I see it. It's like the girl who tells me she's going to fuck my brains out. I believe that when I'm laying in the bed and you're riding on top of me. Until then, all your all this seductive sex talk is just white noise. Pretty much. So, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a <laughs> North American Championship qualifying lap match. Wesley versus Tony D'Angelo with stacks. <laughs> all right. It was. It started off great. Wesley got moves in. Tony D got moves in, and apparently Stax got his hand caught in the cookie jar. But all of a sudden, uh, as soon as Wesley took him down, apparently uh, Tony D tweaked his knee. I thought he busted up his face, and all of a sudden that match ends. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it says his knee, and he was holding on his knee, and he, like he looked like he was hurt. Like, and Wesley, what the hell? And Wesley had looked like he had concern. He's like, okay. So with proper set without Tony D not be able to compete, Wesley won. And apparently Vinny Bucci here is probably not too happy about it. So Vinny, stage is yours. What makes you think I'm not fucking happy? You didn't win. I mean, well, because somebody doesn't win, I'm automatically not happy. You you just assuming I'm not happy? When are you ever happy? Of course I'm not fucking happy. <sighs> oh, kind poor of fucking, little you. What kind of fucking stupid shit is this? I think it's that, hilarious. I mean... And of course, nobody wants to fucking win this way. That this is obviously this has to be a fucking shoot. This is a fucking shoot. Because I'm telling you right now, if somebody in the back, if some Fugazi in the back fucking thought this was a brilliant finish, hey, we're gonna have the guy tweak his fucking knee, and then we just gonna end the fucking match. And it also doesn't look good because usually when people get injured, they finish the match. So when you don't finish the match. Unfortunately, in wrestling, it can, it, it can question your fucking manhood. Although sometimes WWE is a more publicly traded company, so they go out of the way to make sure people don't finish matches. So it, it's a comp, it's compli- it's, it's fucking complicated. It's fucking complicated. All I'm saying is this: the Don deserves the North American title more so than half the fucking people that are already in this fucking match. The only reason, West, the only purpose Wesley is gonna fucking serve is the fact. Okay, he gets to do fucking tricks with the ladder. So. So far, everyone who's fucking qualified for this thing are just people that can do tricks with a fucking ladder. And then they're going to climb up there. One of them's going to grab the title. And I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. I've seen enough of Carmelo Ace. I've seen enough of it. And you got the new guy. I don't know who the fuck he is, nor do I care. I don't know what I don't know what fucking outlaw mud show he crawled out of to get here, but I don't fucking know who he is. And now we got Wesley. This fucking uh, this fucking guy. I, th- this already ain't looking good. It already ain't looking good. Of course not. Yeah, cause you got no fucking stars. You got a bunch of fucking gymnasts, acrobatics. Okay, is this NXT or the fucking Ringling Brothers? What am I watching over here? With that, we're probably gonna be watching the Ringling Brothers. Okay, I'm sorry. What, what is it? I'm sorry. Is that Shawn Michaels in the back, or is that BT fucking Bonham? What the fuck am I looking at here? The fuck is this crap? You take the perfectly good, because I, I I gotta believe the Don was supposed to win here. There's no way you're gonna tell me you was not gonna be in this ladder match. 
And of course, you got stacks. This fucking Goomba from hell. He fucking gets in here, fucks the whole goddamn matchup, gets thrown out and ejected because he couldn't keep his hands off the fucking guy. And he even got D'Angelo sitting there going, dude, don't do shit. You're going to get me disqualified, you fucking mamaluke. And what happened? The meathead got him disqualified and got thrown out. Almost got him disqualified. Got thrown out the fucking ringside. This already ain't looking fucking good. There's some bullshit here. Still don't know how he tweaked that fucking knee, but whatever. Hopefully it was an accident, but if it was from a stupid move that he did, hope he doesn't fucking do it again. Anyway, prayers for the Don. May he may he heal up soon, come back, and uh, dominate like he's fucking supposed to. But, ugh. This is already off to a stupid fucking start. Alright, this ain't fucking good for nobody involved. This ain't fucking good for nobody involved. Alright. Are you done? Yeah, you got anything to fucking add? <sighs> well, the part with Stacks of almost getting Tony D disqualified right there. I understand that part. Like, dude, stop. But I, how he tweaked his knee is, is uh, peculiar, and hopefully he's okay. So, moving on. All right. On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. I don't even want to call it that. I call it that. We got Amari Miller versus Sol Ruka. I don't know who these two women are. <laughs> so I was, I don't, so I was watching it. Okay, back and forth, back and forth. I saw her take, did a couple flip, flip, flips. One, two, three, we're done. <laughs> so basically, what it was, wasn't it? I'm not trying to give a one word answer. I'm just watching these two ladies, like, who the hell are you two? But I have to say, the bra's pretty good looking, actually. She's like, I, like, I like to surf, and I come from Oregon. I was like, um, but then Oregon had beaches. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I, I just want to take a little. I'm gonna take a little sidebar here. I love when Zach likes to say, "I don't know who these people are." I'm like, they tell you who they are. Just watch the fucking match. Shut <laughs> fuck you. You know what I mean. No, I know. I'm just saying. I find it hilarious every time we have discussions. Like, I don't even know this person. I'm like, they will tell you who he is. Just watch the match and tell me if you thought he was good or sucked. But I just think that's funny. I'm just saying. I think that's funny to me. Um, but I will say this. Um, Sol Ruka's debut. She's not bad. I mean, she's a little flippity-floppity, but I, I think if they toned her down a little bit, it'd be good. Some of the moves she had I thought were very well done. Some of them were well-placed. Amari Miller, she's all over the goddamn place. Like a fucking, I don't know what the hell's going on with her. So it wasn't a, a great match, but it was decent. It showed me that Sol Ruka's got potential. She's, she's got potential. There's something good here. And after the match, Ruka helps Miller up, shakes her hand. They do the sportsmanship thing. But like I said, I think there's, I I think I can see Sol Ruka being a future star in NXT. You know, like I said, once she gets a little more character development, once she's, uh, tones down some of the flippity floppityness, she can, she can go places. Next, uh, we cut to the backstage area where Carmelo Hayes gets into a confrontation with Oro Mensa, who's the other guy in the ladder match. And basically, Oro's trying to be all nice and cool and, you know, trying to, you know. And Carmelo's basically saying, look, on any other day, I'd be cool to talk to you, but this is every man for himself. We in a ladder match. And Oro, that's when Oro gets serious. So it looks like... We could see a one-on-one -on -one match between them before uh, Halloween Havoc. I think. Hopefully, it's just a normal match. Like, right before Halloween Havoc, they're going to have a tables match. Like, seriously? <laughs> I didn't understand this. I don't know who this aura guy is. Well, I saw him last week. He's okay. flippity floppity crap, usual. This right there didn't need to happen. I was like, okay. But Carmel Hayes like, I'll be your friend. But, uh, but before that, you know, every man for himself, like you just said. Yeah, because he's making it clear, like, dude, you, you can be nice to me all you want, but when we get to Halloween Havoc, all I care about is once again becoming the A champion. So whatever friendship you try to make with me is going right out the window as soon as that bell rings. Because Carmelo ain't fucking around. And 
On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Cameron Grimes versus Joe Gacy with the Dyad. I love this match right here. Everything was going great. Joe got moves in. Cameron got moves in. I mean, at first when Susan fell right great, Grimes ran up and started kicking the uh, kicking Gacy and uh, he rolls out, tries to throw with the Dyad, and everything was going great until we had to have. Another distraction. Right before the cave-in, the diet had to get involved. And he uh, then also on Joe Gacy hits his hamstring lariat for the win. A basic move. I thought his finishing move was something else, but I guess that's it right there. But I'm tired of the distractions. This was a good match. I guess start shitty finish to me because of the distractions. I'm not I'm tired of the distractions. You win clean and clean for once. I mean... What's the point in having a faction if they're not going to help you? I mean, it's not a high-profile... I'm just saying, it's not a high-profile match. It's a regular... If this was at Halloween Havoc, I would agree with you. At Halloween Havoc, let's leave everybody in the back and let's and let's have a match. But this is on regular TV. If anything, this can lead to, maybe, I don't know, maybe lead to something at Halloween Havoc. But what I liked about it was the distraction from the dyad allowed Gacy to hit the handspring lariat in a way that doesn't look fake. Like he's dealing with the distractions as he turns around. He's by the time he turns around, he's already bounced off the rope. Boom, hits the clothesline, time perfectly. That's what makes it great. When you haven't finished like that, you have to time it in a way to where the person kind of turns into it or gets up and gets hit. You can't have the person just standing there like a lump waiting to get hit by the move. That's when the move looks fake. If the person has plenty of time to get the fuck out the way and he ain't getting the fuck out the way, it looks fake. So the distraction from the dyad helps Gacy set that move up. And it works because he's a heel with a faction. So I see your point, but I feel like the interference helped here if it, to build the story. If this is a pay-per-view, we'd be on the same page. But since it's not, it, it works. And it was a great match. And the first great match of the night, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, just, I'm tired of the, the interferences and everywhere. Oh, yeah. Living on. Yeah, there's, some, there's, some, there's a lot of matches that are having interference and they're overdoing it. But this was a match that warranted it while others did not. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Nikita Lyons with Zoe Stark versus Caden Carter with Katana Chance. Okay, truth there, everybody. This was actually really not that bad. How about you, Vinny? Great match. It was fantastic. It was uh, like Caden Carter got a lot of moves in. Nikita Lyons got a lot of moves in. It was physical, back and forth. And like the other match, there was no interferences whatsoever. And then Nikita uh, Lyons hit her spinning kick, hit that beautiful spit leg drop, one, two, three. But Caden uh, Carter put up a hell of a fight. She did. Yeah. Especially- two ladies beat the shit out of each other. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you know, Lions did exactly what she needed to do. Body slam, stomping on the chest. Um, don't think we needed the handspring head scissors. I thought that was a bit much. Because my thing is, if you're bigger than your opponent, why do you need to do a head scissor takedown? Like, you're taller than the other person. I never understood people who are tall. That's why I don't like people who are really, really tall doing those kind of moves. That should be used for the smaller people to try to take down the bigger people. So... The fact that Nikita Lyons doing a handspring head scissors, I thought was stupid. Outside of that, I liked everything else. You know, the seated Cobra Clutch doing the move because she's a, I say big girl, but she's not like, like I said, she's not heavy set. She's thick in all the right places. But compared to the other women, she's big. So mm-hmm. she should be doing bigger moves like, you know, the slams, the stepping on the chest. I even like the fact that she does like that Savate kick. I like that move, you know, but don't be doing head scissors and those kind of like Huracurana Frankensteiner takedowns. You don't need to be doing shit like that. Don't do cruiserweight shit. You're not a cruiserweight. 
Let Caden do those moves to try and take you, the bigger person, down. So that was my only complaint. Outside of that, I liked everything else. The, you know, Carter tried a rope walk, arm drag. Lion sweeped her off her feet. I love that. He landed on the top rope gut first. Lions did a spin kick. Then that patented leg split leg drop. It was beautiful. This was a great fucking match. These girls brought the fight and entertained and did very well. And on that note, we're going to move on here. We cut to a Chase U press conference. We got Andre Chase announces his tag team victory against uh, Hayes and Williams last week and that it earned him a spot in a North American Championship qualifying match where next week he will take on Von Wagner. Uh, Chase then gets questions from the press. A reporter asks him a stupid question, says it's a teachable moment. Like, who the fuck do you ever beat, Dave? And just fucking, again, just cussing, berating. You know, it's great. I love watching Andre Chase just cuss people out. It's brilliant. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. There's nothing more beautiful yeah. than a proper dog cussing. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I'm just waiting for it. It's like, every time this happens, he always goes off on somebody. Usually, and lo and behold, I'm like, who the fuck, baby, baby? I'm like, I'm just sitting there laughing. I was like, God. <laughs> and the fucked up. And the fucked up part is, I actually want him to win the qualifying match. But I don't think he will. I doubt he'll beat Von Wagner. If he does, it'll be like by DQ or count out or something like that. I don't see Andre Chase getting a legit victory over Von Wagner. Of course, that's not believable. No. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We even want to call it that. Zion Quinn goes one-on-one against Ia Dragunov. I'd be the, I do call this a match. Could have gone a little bit longer. Zion's coin keeps on getting screwed. He's a hell of an athlete, but I automatically knew that Dragunov was going to win anyways because this is his return to match. By what he he looks great, and that uh, he hit that finishing move of his one, two, three. But at least Zion Coin got a couple of match uh, moves in. He just did the other guy did it just dominate. But I enjoyed it. It's just embarrassing at this point. It's like you're trying to build this guy up to be an arrogant badass, and he's losing every week. That doesn't work. It do- it doesn't fucking work. In order to have that type of arrogance every once in a while, you got to have some victories under your belt. But Zion Quinn, ever since he turned heel, and I still can't figure out for the life of me why the fuck they turned him heel, he has just gone down the fucking drain. It, it's it's stupid. He's not a good heel. He got embarrassed by Dragunov by having the balls to even bring up a championship matches when he's not even anywhere near a championship. He hasn't sniffed any championships since he fucking got here. He got embarrassed by Legado del Fantasma. They've done nothing but make this guy look stupid. There is zero value in Zion Quinn. And that's why I don't consider this a match. Because I don't consider Zion Quinn to be a credible opponent. Because they haven't built him up to be a credible opponent to fucking anyone. When was the last time you saw Zion Quinn in a knockdown drag him out match? Never. If if if, if he did, it was long, 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 long ago. Many moons ago. Four score and seven years ago. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Nothing credible about this. So Dragonoff gets his win so we can look good for this triple threat match that's happening in Halloween Havoc. And and then there was a backstage moment with Sangha and Super Diva Quincy, whatever the fuck. <laughs> you see the shirt? Yeah, it had like what? what? Whitney Houston. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna say if he's not gay, I'm not a ginger. <laughs> this was pointless and stupid and yes. boring. Can we go now, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> Quincy, 
you need to be released and you need to be released immediately because we all know you're not what we need. Anyway, moving on. By the way, if you get that, I love you guys. Anyway, um, we're gonna move on here, uh, to the next match of the evening. We want to call it that. Uh, Damon Kemp goes one on one against Brutus Creed. He had to get himself disqualified. I guess he just snapped. They could have made this match. He could have beat Brutus cleanly, but no, he had to be whatever this was. I mean, the match itself it was great, but they had to go crazy off the chair, and hopefully Julius can do something about him next week. Uh, whatever, but this right here was pointless. I don't understand why he had to get him disqualified. Great match. Good start. Shady finish. Well, Again. well, yeah, and I, well, I think the, the, the strategy was, and I agree it was stupid. This was a shitty match. But I think the strategy here was he didn't want to fight them. He wanted to lure them into the ring and then just beat them. That's why you notice he said, leave one of your guys in the back. Come on out, and the other one can come out here and get this work. Because the other person agreed, stay in the back. So that way, there was nobody to save him when he got, when he decided to get all crazy with the chair. I think that was his plan. But when he realized he wasn't going to win, he wasn't going to win because Brutus is badass. The Creed brothers, both the Creed brothers are. He took him out with a chair. Now, he, I, I'm calling it right now. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think next week, Kemp and Julius are going to battle. I think Julius is going to put up more of a fight, I think. But I think out of all out of the two of them, I think he's, I would never want to see the Creed brothers break up. But if they ever did, I would see Julius being the one going solo. So he'll probably get more ring time with Kemp. But I say, no matter what happens, he's taking him out with the chair. And then as he's beating him to death with a chair, out comes Roderick Strong. I think Roderick Strong is going to return, and he's either going to get some shots in on Kemp, or Kemp's going to, or he's going to get in the ring. Kemp's going to roll out as a heel and retreat. And then um, Roddy grabs the microphone and challenges Kemp to a match at Halloween Havoc. And I think at Halloween Havoc, it's going to be Roderick Strong versus Damon Kemp. Well, all right. You're probably going to be right. I'm seeing it in my head right now. It's like, what's happening? If that happens to it happens, I'm going to say, like, Vinny, you're right. Once again. Yeah. And but this right here was pointless. It was. It was completely pointless. There was no fucking reason or rhyme here. And, of course, uh, before we got to the main event, there were some other things that happened. Like, uh, apparently we found out also next week we're going to get uh, – we're going to get uh, Lash Legend and the girl in pajamas are going to fight next week. That was a good promo. Yes. Let me choose it. You made me mad. I was like, uh-oh. We'll see what happens. She talked about how when she's pushed, her dark side's coming out. So we're going to see a more badass Wendy Chu. She's not going to be out there smiling and being all cheerful. She's going to be the badass she was when she fought Tiffany Stratton. Mm-hmm. And you're going to enjoy this match. I'm going to enjoy this match. But somebody else is going to be going, why is your bitch still wearing pajamas? That's what we're going to hear. Still wearing the footy no, no, pajamas. No, 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 no. What? 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 You? What? 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 You? You? You like the foot? Do you like the footy pajamas? Yes, I do. It works. Don't. The bitch is still wearing pajamas. She shits upon my business. Gator, Gator, you're done. You're done. I'm not done. Yes, you are. Go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Gator, go to the basket. We actually want to finish on time. I don't care if you want to finish on time. I'm going to interrupt because I'm Gator Ricky Ross and I'm stealing the show. You're not stealing the show. Yes, I am. Get to the basket. No. Go to the basket. No, not the basket. Go to the basket. I, I'm not going to the basket. Yes, you are. Go to the basket right now. Fuck you. All right. Let me get him tag. Huh? You need to start teasing him. Oh, I am. He... Leave it this way. Um... At some point, Gator and I are going to be doing some videos in the future. And mm-hmm. on one of them, he's getting a receipt. 
Because <laughs> he done he done pissed me off. Was this coming out? Well, you'll see the video where he pissed me off. That'll be coming out. I'll, I'll give a little side note thing here. Um, on Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring, we are almost done finally getting these fucking videos out. I've already edited three of them. I'm in the process of editing another one. Then I'm going to edit another one. And then I'm going to record and edit the last one. And then they're all coming out. On one of them, Gator made a fatal mistake. Something on the Boochcast that is unforgivable. He interrupted one of my epic rants, which is a no-no on the Boochcast. Especially when it's a rant I have been waiting a long time to make. And Gator decided to steal my moment. So, when you least expect it, one of the Boochcast videos, there will be a receipt. (laughs) And when it's over, Gator will finally learn. He'll learn not to fuck with my rants. Ever. (laughs) As as Karrion Cross would say, Sorry, you were saying something? <laughs> uh, okay, share the trouble mom up there. Fall and pray. And on that note, end is here. As we get to the main event of the evening, we have a pub rules match. Gallus goes up against Briggs and Jensen. Absolutely. I thought this was absolutely wonderful. I was, I was like, you know what? This is actually good. Because it was just, there was tables, there was chairs, there was this and that. There's two things that was not included. And I was Pray the Lord that that, that that didn't happen. One of them, there was no ladder. You know what else was really good not seeing? What? Thumbtacks. Think. <laughs> yes. Well, it was pub rules. I don't think in a pub you're likely to see thumbtacks. Unless they want to justify it by saying, well, we took them off the bulletin board. I'd be like, yeah. you could, but they didn't do that. And also, there would be no reason to get a ladder, because I've said it before and I'll say it again. Unless there's something hanging above the ring, or your last name is Hardy, you should not be touching ladders for any reason. So, But they did have tables and trash can lids and beer mugs that they smashed on their heads, which, again, it was like a bar fight. And they has fight. And it was great. This is a good main event. I, I thought it was going to be stupid, but they found a way to make it work to where it was entertaining. It was entertaining, that wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, it was an entertaining main event. It wasn't stellar, but it was entertaining. And it did its job very well. It it did its job beautifully. Beautiful. This was beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. So, and then, of course, after the match, the Gallows, the Gallows boys end up decking a referee. A near riot breaks out, and all three members are taken away in handcuffs. I, was like, I saw that hit the security guard, and they hit the ref. I was like, you idiots. I was like, you're not supposed to touch the ref. I know. And I love how they've gotten strict with that in WWE now. Because I remember back in the 90s, they would just deck the referee and nothing would happen. And then, yeah, exactly. And if I was a ref, he hit me. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'll hit back. Even though you didn't touch my size, you can turn me into a penny. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. If, the ref, if, if you get hit, you're taking a bump. Yeah, fuck that. That's the deal. If you're a referee, you don't get to get back up. The only time you get to not go down is if they, like, slap you or shove you. If they punch you, you're bumping. You're out. If you if they punched you and you didn't go down, they would make you. Referees aren't supposed to be stronger than wrestlers. That's just a creed, a code, rule. That's why every time you see the referees get hit, they they always like they always like take they're always bumping or flying out of the ring or whatever. They don't they don't fight back often. You get the rare moments where they do, but most of the time it's good. Do that. At least you know, wrap up this recap of NXT. Uh, Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time. I have a busy schedule to join us, and I uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, currently up there, we have uh, the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment. Uh, myself and uh, the Wens uh, doing a recap of uh, Clash at the Castle, uh, sharing our thoughts on that. So you can check that out on the Facebook page. And obviously, um, I believe next week is when we'll have our uh, predictions for Extreme Rules. But in the meantime, check out our latest Mail Silver Moment episode. And also, you'll see on there a very special event. And I want to make this announcement for all you guys in the uh, Deshard, uh, Tennessee area. Uh, next Wednesday, October the 5th, the Booch is getting back on stage. I will be performing at Vivid Journey Cafe, Bar, and Smoke Shop, located at 1942 Desher Boulevard, Desher, Tennessee, and Desher is spelled D-E-C-H-E-R-D, 37324. So the show will start around 6 p.m., and you can go to facebook.com slash vividcafeandsmoke to get more information on the venue and find out more about the show. But yes, next Wednesday, October the 5th at 6 p.m., I will be performing at Vivid Journey Cafe, Bar, and Smoke Shop. The information right there is on the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Go to our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. As I mentioned earlier, I have three episodes of Dark Side of the Ring already edited. I'm in the process of editing another one right now. So uh, we basically got Chris Canyon, FMW, and Johnny K9 are all edited, and they're going to be ready to go soon. Um, I'm in the process of editing Luna Bashan. After that, I'll be editing uh, XPW, and then Gayer and I will get together to uh, record, and then i got to edit the steroid trials. Um, although, heads up, the steroid trials is not where the receipt will be happening. That's for something else. Uh, but yes, make sure you ring the bell to be notified to know when those Dark Side of the Ring videos will be there. And you'll especially want to hear the steroid trials because at the end of that episode, I've got some groundbreaking announcements for the Boochcast YouTube channel. But they will be revealed on the steroid trials episode. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for the WWE Survivor Series. Um, we're still trying to work out kinks on all of that. Um, there's been some uh, new developments in that, so we're going to figure everything out once the new developments are sorted out. We'll see what's going to happen, but either way, we will have a watch party for you November 26th at 8 p.m. Get ready for the Survivor Series where they will be debuting on Survivor Series, the War Games! Make sure you join us for that. Also, we got our live D&D show coming, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project we have in the works. That'll be on our Twitch page. Also, you can go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support to support the Boochcast, become a supporter of the Boochcast, support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. 
we have three levels you can donate at. You can choose your monthly contribution. Our minimum our minimum level is 99 cents per month, $1. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out. If you guys have much spending cash, you can go to level two, which is $4.99. $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. The option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money we raise through donations goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, any money at all, when that's all said and done, we use the rest of it to give uh, Zach Scott his ramen noodles so he doesn't die of hunger and try to get him laid so his balls can be light at night. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.